Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, I am so delighted to have Jacob with me. How are you, Jacob? I'm perfect. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me, Wesley. Let me tell you a bit about Jacob. He is the co-founder and CEO of SalesDoc. With the hands-on approach to sales, he has provided leadership and consulting services to over 150 organizations, including Uber Eats, Microsoft, YSoft, and Google, helping them set up effective sales processes and implementing scalable sales methodology. Alongside his work at SalesDoc, Jacob has co-founded Banana.bi and served as the head of sales for YSoft Clearbo. Through his various roles, he has developed a passion for helping organizations break free from sales mediocrity and unlock their full potential. Jacob is dedicated to showing audiences that sales can be fulfilling and rewarding when approached with the right mindset and technique. So how did you start your career and how did you accomplish all of these amazing things today? Wasn't that easy at the beginning? Yeah, uh, I was um, I was in the sales uh, pretty much since my uh, since I finished uh, this high school and before and I joined the university. So I I went through various sales roles and when I was uh, studying my masters, I actually ended up uh, in Netherlands and that was for the first time when I started uh, working in tech segment for uh, as a sales rep and. Yeah, uh, at that time, when we finished the university, I moved back to uh, to Czech Republic and I continued working for the Dutch company. I said, hey, this could be a service which we can offer to more of the organizations. So let's outsource, uh, let's do the typical outsourcing uh, any for, for the tech segment uh, that the companies can um, get the dedicated sales resources with a higher quality uh, because there's also price differentiation between Czech Republic and Netherlands. And that's how we started out. Uh, we actually were doing the out, uh, sales outsourcing for some time, and we stopped doing that uh, this year for like for good. And we focus primarily on consultancy and primarily on interim management. Okay. So you mentioned that when you were at university, when you were in college, you had a lot of different sales jobs. So as a young man, what drove you or what interests you about sales? Uh, I think it's one of the, I'm also naturally competitive. So that's uh, what you usually get in sales. Uh, that is just about very often about, uh, yeah, you need to make the calls, you need to get to, to the customers and it's about you, whether you convert the customer or not. It's not exactly like that because uh, it's also about the strategy product you have and so on. But uh, there is a huge influence on that, uh, and that always motivated me. Uh, other thing is, uh, it's usually the easiest job you get, and uh, I like the thrill of uh, <laughs> of uh, winning the customers. So that's why I stayed in. That it's like a drug. So, and you know, the thing is, a lot of people don't get that early passion for sales. They usually have like a negative connotation, like ah, I don't, I don't like that. It seems too pushy. But you were different. You said I like that thrill. I, I was very competitive, and so since I was naturally competitive, why not be naturally competitive and make money doing it? Absolutely, yeah. The sales had had some stigma, or probably it still can have in some um, in some parts or some some industries. But when you look at it right now, the, how the sales look like in tech, uh, for instance, tech segment, because that's where we have the most of the exposure and uh, where we spend most of the time. It's very scientific approach, very professional type of selling. Uh, and you need to be really good on every level of interaction with the customer in order to, to win that customer because the competition is quite, uh, 
quite severe in this segment as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I often find that the managers that you have early in your career kind of shape some of the thoughts that you have, some of the ways that you behave. So tell us uh, from some of those early sales jobs, those managers, whether on the good side or the bad side, share some insights with us there. No, absolutely, absolutely agree with you because uh, I always say I was very lucky with the leaders I got uh, in my uh, in my early career, and also that's uh, when somebody asked me and uh, I I'm still in touch with the student organizations or go and present at the universities, and that's also if um, if I should if they ask me for one advice for a career so then. It means always look at the, always analyze the leader before you jump into the organization who's going to be there because that's a, that can change your, change the game. And yeah, well, uh, I had, um, I had two great leaders, uh, the, that, uh, taught me the first one, oh, yeah, took me because I started, uh, that wasn't actually the sales job, job but I started as a, on the branch in the bank uh, behind the counter and then she took me uh, to the headquarters. And uh, the second one was the pure salesperson uh, who set up his own sell, sell, uh, distribution organization. So, so he, was, uh, he showed me, hey, there's some sales methodology at the time. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, and, I said, oh, and I said, hey, there could be actually a system in the sales. That was good. That's awesome. Yeah, those early managers, whether they're in sales or not, they really help shape the way that we view the world. And so a manager at a very young age, when you're in an entry-level position, taking you under their wing and saying, hey, let me show you the ropes, that type of effort and empathy really shows that somebody cares about you. And so through that manager that you had um, as a bank teller, you said she kind of took you under your wing. Um, as a young person, fresh in the, the, in your career, how did that impact you? How did that impact you in that particular job? And how has that continued to impact your career? Well, uh, for me, um, so if I go to the bank, uh, then I ended up uh, preparing the reports and, uh, uh, preparing materials for the GM of the bank. Uh, which was at the, which was really nice. I was uh, and reporting directly there, uh, and this so it also gives you a little bit more of confidence, uh, and was also pushing myself to uh, to learn more at what 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 I was doing. So that at that time was sales analytics. Uh, with the other one, with uh, it's, uh, his name was Irka, or still uh, we're still friends and meet from time to time. Uh, it was. N- not only about sales, it is more also about uh, guiding the people and uh, asking them the questions. Pretty much, what do they want to get out of his life, out of their lives? And when I when I spoke with him, he said, "Hey, my biggest success is that actually, uh, when I look at the past five years or ten years, I created uh, thirty five CEOs mm. because uh, people I hired to my company and uh, they left me not because uh, they didn't like the company." But uh, because they started their own company, so I, I was one of them, or I am. That's good. A leader that really understands that your success is their success. Those are important lessons that so many people don't get to um, to be privy to, right? Because we, as, as leaders, nobody teaches you how to be a good boss. Nobody teaches you how to be a good leader. 
So many times you just do what you know and what you know is wrong or what you know is bad. And so it continues to, to build people. But for him to say that, you know, I feel very excited and honored that 35 built 35 CEOs. I mean, I don't know how many people would hang their hat on building CEOs, whether they're your competitors or not, but like you're building future business owners. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's uh, afterwards, there's also push for you. So, you know, if you get somebody into the organization, so to act as a the good leader, so for them, it's not a waste of the time and they keep on moving forward. I have a I have a mentor and uh, like, <laughs> so there are several things uh, which I put into my DNA. Uh, I said like uh, that uh, he was leading the people in a way that on a monthly basis, he took the, he had a review with them and asking them, hey, so did you learn anything new? Did you develop yourself in the past month? Because if not, then it was a wasted month for both of us. Mm. Uh, and uh, primarily feedback for me, how can I lead you better? Yes, yes. Somebody literally just asked me yesterday. Um, I was telling them, oh, I do my one-to-ones on Mondays. And they asked me, I said, oh, what do you do in your one-to-ones? And I always say, I ask people very early in the conversation, um, what what challenges are you having and how can I better serve you, right? Because as their leader, my job is to serve them, to help them um, overcome any challenges or gaps or whatever that they may have. And when you put on that hat as leaders, it empowers our team and it also empowers us because we do less. People don't realize that the more you empower the people that work for you, the less you actually have to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like very often easy to forget about it. Uh, so you get uh, your CEO duties or other duties and you, you tend to forget forget about the team. It's also recently I also got into that spin that uh, too much busy with, uh, with the organization, but not serving, uh, not uh, empowering the sales team, which we have in the organization. Yeah. So I uh, just steer it back, uh, steer it back recently. Um, definitely. And so when did you, what was the, the pivotal moment in your life when you made the transition from being an employee to being a CEO? What, what happened there? Well, um, I think it's partly also in my blood that I, I when I was uh, <laughs> when I was do uh, when I was studying I I had some side businesses which I tried to spin out. Uh, some of them were <laughs> yeah very very simple, uh, and so uh, I always had the inclination to go this way. And for me, it was uh, you know. If in my head it gets uh, into the situation, uh, hey, it all makes sense. I don't see any problems why I couldn't uh, set up the company uh, that would be successful for this issue or for this case. Uh, so why I should uh, then I should do it. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, early after the university, you don't have any mortgage, you don't have kids, so you can you can play around uh, <laughs> and pretty much you're free to fail several times without any significant. Uh, uh threats for you mm-hmm. uh so that gives you and you're still full of energy and also night you're a little bit naive because the way how we kick out the company uh i wouldn't do that anymore <laughs> this uh this uh this time because at the time we thought hey uh, we can make a salesperson out of any person we get into the organization uh we can uh we can sell whatever you give us into our hands uh so primary uh, the majority of our uh, of our revenue would go from the commissions which would be massive 
and then you realize you, that you got the very junior people into the organization, which might have potential, but at the time they're junior, you get products without product market fits. Again, they could be great products, but you just know which way to sell it. Yeah. And you're a first time leader. <laughs> so again, it doesn't mean that you're the worst leader, but definitely <laughs> you're not the best one. Yeah. So this combination resulted in a way after six months, we say, ah, oh, this is not the way how we should do the business. Yes. Yeah. So talk to us about, let's unpack uh, some of those things that you mentioned. Um, you have a, a salesperson, doesn't mean that they're not good, but maybe they're not good for your organization. Um, exactly. Talk to us through that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you always should build, a, like define who are your target customers, what do you want to serve them and who is the who is the best person uh, or what is the type of the person that will have the higher, highest chances to win the customer. Uh, well, it sounds simple, uh, in, but in reality, it's a little bit more complicated and a lot of leaders make mistakes in it. And we're, we also did that, uh, partly because you don't realize it. Secondly, even when you think you have the right person, after a year, you realize, okay, the sales team is not fit. I have to rebuild it. Or just half of them is fit, half of, half of them aren't. So you have, to, uh, you have to, again, calibrate your criterias. Uh, so to tell us, uh, to tell you our story, so we're like, okay, let's set up the, I would say we had the free, uh, free milestones uh, in, uh, or free types of sales docs uh, of the organization where, uh, which I co-founded. The first one was like, we can sell anything to anybody with whoever we get into organization. It didn't fly, we fell within six months. Uh, then we said, okay, let's go for major, more major product, major team. Um, and again, we started, uh, we started selling, uh, building organization. It flied quite well. However, we started realizing this is not the sustainable model because, uh, if you want to do, if you want to do a sales outsourcing, then you have to go for the big clients. You want to have the Microsoft to outsource. And that was the type of sales we were not uh, able to do. We didn't have any connections at the headquarters of Microsoft where they would tell you, here you, here you have 1,000 salespeople which can be outsourced for you and you cover the whole Europe. So, and we didn't want to build this organization. And we were iterating too much. Mm. Uh, so we said, ah, this is what we can do. This is what we can do. And at that moment, my mentor told me, you know, Jacob, I think, like, tell me what should be your organization in five years? I think you, uh, you have very, that you, you use uh, sprints for defining your strategy, which I wouldn't recommend you. Yeah. Uh, agile, agile strategy development. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually true. So then we sat with my co-founder and we say, okay, so where should be the organization in five years? And then we start thinking of the organization where we should get not from quarter to quarter, not only even from year to year, but we start thinking about what steps do we have to do right now in order to get in three years where we want to be. And again, this tell us a little bit more uh, what uh, sales organization we should have in SalesDoc, what are our target customers, and to be really sure that we create the sustainable business model, meaning because in the phase two, we're closing a lot of customers, but we simply just deliver what we were supposed to. And there was no retention on the customers because they didn't have budget for us anymore. Mm. And they, they didn't have tasks for us anymore. So then we did the third iteration and that's where we are right now. And it seems to fly quite well. Yeah. And you know, you, the, that journey that you took, 
so many um, startups and small businesses, they go through the same journey. And even if you're in a large corporation and you are tapping into a new market or using a new product or have to build a team from the ground up, these are things that we have to figure out, right? Like it's like, okay, so we can hire top tier salespeople, um, but then they tend to be expensive. And so our margins are lower. And um, those top tier salespeople, they have their little niche. They're not as willing to get outside the box, right? Like they, they may not want to hunt so much. You have to think about those things. And then it's like, but this is the market I want to tap into. Does my product fit into the market that I want to enter into? And so as you keep iterating and you refine, you figure out, I, this is the kind of person that I need. This is a market we need to go into. This is the person we should be speaking to. And we're going to get the highest margin here and the least amount of stress. And so I always tell founders, like I ask them, what product, what service do you offer that gives you the most money and the least stress? That's what you want to do. Yeah, that's true. And uh, very often there is a misconception, okay, I just get a right salesperson uh, or I just get the best salesperson and I know everything is done. Uh, you know, the salesperson is uh, just a driver in Formula One, Then, uh, but he needs the whole team. He needs the pre-sale. He needs the, that the product is fit for the market where you go, uh, that uh, the support of the product is also, uh, you have the level of uh, governance that, uh, for instance, enterprise uh, customers would, would require. So exactly, where is, the, where, is the pro, where is your product market fit, where you have the highest chances to win, and uh, you build a sales team on that. And That's true. you tapped into something that a lot of people don't think about. We are always very focused. If we're sales-minded, we're head, the head of sales, or we're an entrepreneur, we are very focused on bringing sales in. And we're like, yeah, 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 just go bring the sales in and we'll execute. But one of the worst things you can do for a salesperson is have them to execute, bring sales in, and we can't fulfill those orders. We can't fulfill the, the uh, because when you don't do that, that makes the salespeople, salesperson feel disenfranchised because they're like, but I brought the business and now my customers are mad at me. So I can't go back and use them as references or referrals or upsell them because they're unhappy. That is the worst thing you can ever do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, not much. To say, <laughs> You're like that, that. That that is absolutely <laughs> true. So many times in in life and in, in career and business, we have a person or an experience or something that impacts the way that we lead. So when you look back over your career, who is that person? What is that thing that has impacted the way that you lead and show up? I think it's, uh, well, uh, there are multiple of them. You know, I'm uh, in discussion with many uh, with many leaders, uh, sales leaders, of uh, co-founders of the organizations. Uh, and pretty much checking the, and I have my, my mentor, so hard, hard to say which of them, which of them is the one that influenced me the most. Funny enough, I still remember one podcast which I listened to with uh, Richard Branson and uh, just a few of the quotes and that's also stick in my brain. I said, that's what I feel, how, what I implemented also in my, uh, in my leadership. So one of them was, uh, uh, or the one was like that you treat your employees as your family because uh, that's the only, that's the way how you get your, if you need the extra mile from them. So... <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, still in my DNA and then it's just composition of the sales leaders. That's true. 
Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. I call that the tribe of mentors, right? We all have, sometimes there's a specific person or an experience, but you have a tribe of mentors. So you know who to tap into for what and how and when. And I think that that is really important because it impacts the way that we we lead. Like you have that diverse perspectives. Absolutely, yeah. Uh... It's like also the other mindset which I have uh, developed over the time because, uh, you know, once you're running your own business, every mistake you make uh, costs you quite a lot of money. Uh, and <laughs> it could be if you do the wrong pricing, the money which you lose are your money. That's your margin. Uh, uh, so that's not just some abstract from the organization. Absolutely. So, uh, so the approach is uh, learn from the ones who play the game already mm. uh, and were successful in it. Uh, and I know that after 20 years of being a leader, I will be more, uh, I'll be better leader than I am right now. And uh, how I can speed up the track is, yeah, I need to get the mentors around me who were successful leaders who managed to build their careers, organizations and just learn from them. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. And um, I know that I, I tell people, I'm like, don't learn, like learn from what I did. You don't have to experience it. And I feel the same way. I don't have to experience it. You tell me this doesn't work. If I know, if I feel like you're a trusted advisor or something, I'm gonna be like, okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't need to feel the same way. I'm good, <laughs> right? And yeah. as, as salespeople, especially, um, we, we like to take risks. We like to try things on our own. And sometimes that's not good enough, but you should really surround yourself by people who are smarter than you. Surround yourself by people who have done this before you and who you have found are successful. And you can have a person that is really a strong leader, but they never hit the seven or eight figure mark in their business, but they are a good people leader. And then you have somebody who's a really strong money manager, but they're not a good people leader. Take those different pieces and put them together to develop what you need. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's always something good on the person, or usually there's some something good on the person, even <laughs> uh, they're not the, the most inspirational leader. So you can find the good about them and, uh, what, and implement it also in your life. Yes, yes. All righty, I have one final question for you, Jacob. Um, if you had eight-year-old Jacob sitting in your office with you right now, what okay. advice for entrepreneurship would you give him? Okay, uh, well, start as early as you can. Any business you you define, make the mathematics behind it. Because uh, I think uh, we failed several times in sales look like that we had to reiterate, 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 because we were not fully aware of, uh, of the, re like we didn't calculate the reality that could happen. Or that uh, so sometimes I see people are running into the direction that even if they win and they finish the run, there's no there's no win at the end. Yeah. You know, that you realize okay, actually I built an organization, uh, put a lot of my time, but at the end of the day, the organization is um, uh, either not profitable or not uh, not big enough. Or then also the question is whether you're building the uh, the biggest organization or it's. Uh, or if it is lifestyle business, it depends also what's uh, interesting for you. Another one, definitely always find the find the mentors as soon as you can who can who can advise you. 
and then it's uh, then it's people business. It's hard to get to that uh, to that position that you can hire more experienced people because usually when you're twenty years old, uh, you don't have any investment. You you hire like people which are not that cheap, uh, which are not that expensive, which are cheap for you. But uh, once you get to the stage, hey, I, I generate enough of margin to get somebody who actually knows what he's doing on that position. He doesn't have to learn it on on my company for the first time. Mm-hmm. He comes to that position with his playbook or her playbook, yeah. and uh, he can execute what he did already two times, three times. He can execute it again, and he can uh, he can execute it faster. Uh, that it has been done before, so this is uh, this is also uh, also learning for that. Yeah. So have mentors, and try to get the uh, the people who were in the similar stage of the organization where you are and drove drove the organization to to the upper one. So if you're on a one million ARR, so get into the organization who already was in one million ARR and managed to get it to twenty. Yes. If you're on 20, you get somebody who was on 20 million ARR and managed to put, uh, get it to 100. The playbooks are repeating. I love it. I love it. I love it. I tell um, everyone that um, I have a, a best friend and I told her, I was like, oh, you're my business coach. Uh, she runs an organization that's $100 million. I'm like, what What, what am I going to pay somebody for? Like, you've learned so many lessons through the 10 years you've been in this organization. So find people that are in a place where you want to be right and um and like you said start early don't wait until you're 25 35 45 55 or when this happens or when that happens if you have a desire in your heart to start a business to be a business owner do it scary do it hard those are what i tell people do it scary do it hard and i heard uh, one more (laughs) which is also true Uh, well it's going to be painful long journey, most probably, unless you're one of those 0.1% or lucky ones or not lucky ones uh, who just build their organizations within four years and make unicorns. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. be in a house that's uh, if you're afraid to be burned, stay away from the kitchen. Ah, so. then that's true. If you are afraid to be burned, stay out of that kitchen. Awesome. Well, Jacob, this has been a fantastic conversation. I thank you so much for sharing your time, your talent, and your expertise. And if my listeners want to connect with you, what is the one best way? Well, I would call it LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn, connect with me, send me a message. If, yeah. And we, we also on the LinkedIn, we use, uh, uh, we post the updates from the organization and uh, we schedule some webinars or uh, offline events, uh, meetups, uh, usually for sales leaders. Uh, well, feel free to join it. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much again for sharing your time, your talent, and your expertise with us today. Thank you, Eslin, for inviting me. And that was another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, in all that you do, transform your sales. Until next time.